Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I promise you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today. I just thank you for making us who you want us to be and not ma- not making us by the world standard, by but by your own standard. Lord, I also just thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit so we can do do what you want us to do, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning and welcome, everybody. Glad you're with us as we continue our discussion of the Word, and in particularly, the Lord's house. And we are continuing um, discussing, teaching, on the bronze altar of burnt offering. So, before we get into the Word, though, I'd I'd like to ask you, if you are blessed by this message, to like it. To subscribe to this channel on this platform and or any of the other platforms that you can find us and our episodes on and to share them with others so that way they too can be blessed they can grow in the lord and have their needs ministered to all right so mm-hmm. let's get into the word shall we yes. can i get a volunteer to read exodus 27 or reread exodus 27 and the first eight verses please I will. All right, Layla. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. The altar shall be square, and its height shall be three cubits. You shall make its horns on its four corners. Its horns shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. Also, you shall make its pans to receive its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, and its forks, and its fire pans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. You shall make a grate for it, a network of bronze. And on the network, you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You shall put it under the rim of the altar beneath, that the network may be midway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. The poles shall be put in the rings, and the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar to bear it. You shall make it hollow with boards, as it was shown you on the mountain, so shall they make it. Mm -hmm. So, at this time. We're going to open the floor up for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have, right? We're all learning and growing together. So, who would like to begin? I will. All right, I promise. Okay, first I had a question. Um, when it said, with the acacia wood covered with bronze, I was wondering, does the bronze have to be melted first? Yes. That's for for even today, right? Something's gold plated, right? There's typically a a melting that occurs so it can be put on top of it, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. It may not be liquefied, but at least making it easier to form it. Mm -hmm. There might be some warming to it or something of that nature. Yeah. And as we were talking about in the last one, you're just thinking about the, the heat. And what had to take place so the wood did not get burnt up. It certainly mm-hmm. had to have a, enough 
I'm not an engineer, so I don't know how much it would have had to put on it. I, um, from a construction standpoint, I'm sure you could have um, liquefied it and um, poured it over the wood in such a manner that you could have captured it. I mean, they did some pretty amazing things casting um, in the desert using the sand <laughs> to cast things. So I'm mm -hmm. sure there was a way wow. that it, it um, could have been done and probably an art that's unknown to us. But it's more common promise is uh, would probably be the process that we call use, doing gold leaf. Have you ever heard that term before? Yes, but I don't know what it means. So gold leaf is they have pounded or uh, either mechanically um, flattened gold mm -hmm. to where it's it's thinner than the paper of your Bible. You know, your Bible's got some pretty thin paper on it. It's even thinner than that. Even the slightest breeze will blow it away. It's so thin. And you take it and you apply it to the surface that you want it to go to and you just kind of press on it. And you build up from that. And then you rub it and all the seams kind of disappear. So gold's a little bit easier to work with because its melting point is lower. But a lot of things that are gold leaf or some solid surface underneath them and it's just an extremely thin layer of gold over top of it. And that's, that's how they're able to apply it. So they certainly could have done that same way with that process, but um, we're not given that information. So all we can do mm -hmm. is look, with so much of God's word, right? We can only go where God's word goes, right? But yes. It did, what, is the, what is the last um, sentence of this section in uh, verse 7 there, right? 8. Verse 8. What's the last, what does it say? As was shown to you on the mountain. Yeah, so we, we know that um, Moses was given some um, special knowledge, mm -hmm. right, in the ways of doing that. And we also know that those that were required to do this, God mentioned um, that he had given them the knowledge, the special knowledge of working with gold and silver and wood and linens and all the things that they needed to perform this. So this was clearly a supernatural imparting of talents and gifts specifically to be able to make these items. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Were you done, Promise? Oh. It didn't... Wait, no, sorry. It was not answer my question. No, I wasn't done. Okay. Oh, thank you. Well, okay. Continue, Carry sir, on, please. my love. Carry on. Okay, first Lord showing me that with the bronze... It had to go through certain process. It wasn't just like melting the bronze and then dipping a paintbrush in there and painting it on there. But you had to do it a certain way so it didn't burn the wood when it got hot. So it's properly applied so that the, yes. the, the altar would be suitable to fulfill its purpose. Yes. Mm -hmm. It then like Mr. how Mr. Dean said the leafing the gold that they couldn't make it too thick, that they couldn't apply it on there. Mm -hmm. Certainly God is creative. Mm -hmm. And when he gives us a task, he always provides the, the way to do it, the how, and then gives us what we need to do it. The resources, I mean, he does everything that's needed. All we have to do is show up and trust him for the most part and do what he says to do. That's it. So what else it, you got, darling? It then... With the senses that Mr. Dean said, where it says, "I shown you, I shown you on the mountain," mm -hmm. the Lord reminded me of Moses. 
when the Lord is showing Moses the structure of the bronze altar, mm-hmm. Mo- for Moses to make it correctly, he'd have to put everything there and not add anything else. So mm-hmm. Moses couldn't say, well, I'm just going to put wheels on the bronze altar <laughs> so he can roll it where we want, want it to go. Uh-huh. But the Lord also, he wanted a certain way so it could endure, if you will. Amen. Amen. I promise let me help you understand a little bit more about the bronze. <clears throat> this may help you understand. Have you, uh, have you ever been fishing? No. No, I haven't. They're on a quest to fish. Yes. Okay. But have not yet. <laughs> okay. The, the, the weights that hold down your bait are typically made from zinc. It's an extremely soft metal. It's, it's as soft as gold. So it's very easy yes. to work with. So bronze is typically um, made up of copper and other metals. You can do it with aluminum. You can do it with zinc. You can do it with uh, nickel. And so we don't know what they had available to them, but zinc would have been a nice um, other metal to, do, to work with to make the bronze. So bronze is about 12 to 15% copper, and then other metals make it up. And so, you know, copper is a relatively... Um, what we call malleable, I mean soft, able to mold and shape mm-hmm. really easy. So it would have been easy to shape and mold it. So no understanding what bronze really is. It's not bronze isn't a metal in itself. It's a composition of other metals mm-hmm. put together and melted together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, thank you, mm-hmm. Mr. Dean. Mm-hmm. And, and as you pointed out, sir, or that's in verse two. It's overlaid, right? The whole structure was overlaid with the bronze. And again, there were poles and rings. The poles went in the rings so it could be carried. Because they didn't just remain in one place, right? Yes. They moved off a lot during their 40 years in the wilderness. And this went everywhere with them. Perpetually before them, right? As a reminder of who the Lord is and how we are to be in relationship to him. Well, John, as you say, that reminder of who the Lord is uh, from the last um, previous couple of podcasts. Yeah, the yes. last one, you, you made a comment, and I think it's important here. Because this is really, you know, for me, this is really neat to contemplate how was this made. I'd like to, mm-hmm. you know, a part of me would like to, man, I'd like to make that just to, one, <laughs> i like to see it, like to, a real, mm-hmm. you know, to touch it, to feel it, to, you know, and, um, you know, it just, I think it would be a fun project to make it. But I also think I probably... Um, to me, it would also be kind of blasphemous to do it as well, too. <clears throat> Wouldn't be very wise to do it. But I think about it. He also went, oh, wow. Well, you know, I, And his, his promise was talking about, I said, you know, I, I bet if I took the wood and soaked it in water overnight or for a day or two, of course, then it wouldn't burn up when right. I was doing it in the overlay process. Mm-hmm. However, I'm doing that overlay, whether it was casting yes. the wood inside of it or, you know, whatever it is. But um, where this is all neat to contemplate, um, God's word is void in that. And um, what you said uh, two podcasts back, um, I think, is so much more important. That and we've been in this series about the the you know the temple and what's going on inside the tent of meeting and and how all this ultimately always points back to Christ, and that should be where we have to remember to keep our focus. So, you know, we've we've been in like I've been in this for a long time. And several yeah. podcasts <laughs> talking about what's going. I mean, it's really important. It's really it good absolutely stuff. is, and it's easy sometimes to look back and go, "Oh, that was the stuff back then." Mm-hmm. And 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 aren't we glad we don't have that sacrificial system now and all this? But um, I think many people look back at 
um, the Old Testament as some other God was different in the Old Testament than he was in the New Testament. Oh, no. Or did... <laughs> You know, Jesus came to clean things up, right? And Jesus was all about love. But all these things, everything we've been talking about now for for 20, 30-some podcasts now about the temple and about the mm-hmm. objects in the temple, every single one of them, as you continue to direct us and help us see, don't, aren't just like vague representations of Christ. Christ is embedded in in all of this. And that's Amen. what we need to see and keep our focus on. Not there was anything wrong with your question okay. promise. I'm just saying it more like for all of us to remember. In Absolutely. addition to that, let's really keep the focus on what's important. Contemplate the things like this. Enjoy contemplating them. Enjoy that we get to meditate on God's word and think about this. But don't miss how important this is for us to see Christ in all of it. And then to remember that that is the same Christ that's now in the New Testament as well. And it's the fullness of all that he is, not just a part here and a part there, and somehow they were different. Mm-hmm. He, he, and I'll say it in this way, he demonstrated who he was always and, and who he is and was during his time on earth. Mm-hmm. And is again, because he has re-entered the heavenly community, he sits at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. Right, so, so is and was and is. Mm-hmm. He has received the glory right, that, that he originally had before the foundation of the earth. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Scripture tells us that. So he revealed who he is and was to all, even, I'll say, in the Old Testament. Our, our scripture also tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no deviation or shadow of turning. Right? This is just who our God is. And... How what he's always desired, whether it was in the Old Testament or in the New. And you cannot get to the New without the Old. Right there, it's foundational. It's a double foundation, if you will. The, the whole foundation is Christ, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, I'll say, doubly laid so that we would understand our God and learn and grow in him, in his ways, and his thoughts to be I'll say like Christ, to be one with him. That's, that's what our Lord wanted from the beginning, always to dwell amongst the people mm-hmm. in the midst of us. He made a way, and he spoke and taught and, and has all these things. You know, <laughs> and, he, and Jesus talked about that during his ministry on earth, right? This generation is always seeking a sign. A symbol, uh, something, right? Well, I mean, just look at even here in the tabernacle in the house of the Lord, and even before that, when He first created the heavens and earth, oh, that's all it was was signs and symbols, and yet they were still missed, or better, better way to phrase it, they were they were rejected, saying they wanted to see something, a sign, a symbol, something. for proof of what would happen and who he was but yet then rejecting it at the same time Hmm. there were there were still many who did receive um, absolutely the the new testament references that the the gospel was preached beforehand to abraham and Mm -hmm. he believed god clearly 
he believed God and then it was accounted to him for righteousness. And then the generations that would believe God following would be able to become now heirs of that promise and the blessing that um, comes through Christ, that faith is the, the promise, but they're also in the natural to have God be um, your advocate and um, to increase you, things of that nature. God is faithful and he's been faithful. We were looking at Zechariah um, Zechariah 3 mm-hmm. in the previous podcast, and I, I just wanted to um, kind of tie that together when you said, Dean, he's, uh, Dean you, you referenced that God is not a separate or different God. He wasn't mean and cruel to the Old Testament and harsh, and now he's suddenly nice. He's not a Sour Patch <laughs> kid. You know, he's not inconsistent. Sour Patch. The first they're <laughs> first they're sour, then they're first sweet. they're sour. You know, and then they're sweet. That's not who our God is. He is only a good God. He's only and absolutely loving. Mm-hmm. And amen. 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 And so when we're looking at um, Zechariah three, the um, the angel of the Lord here—that's Jesus before he was revealed by his name. We see when the angel of the Lord is described um, at the sacrifice of Isaac when he was announcing to um, Samson's parents and um, talking to Joshua, bringing them into the, the land of promise. And there's other references to the, the Lord here, Jesus appearing. And then when he talked to Abraham and they were going to Sodom and Gomorrah, his name wasn't yet revealed. And um, Samson's mother or parents asked, what's your name? And he said, why do you ask? Seeing my name is wonderful. It hadn't yet been revealed all of the things that come as a part of his name, like in that way, we call him Jesus Yeshua today. But he's mm-hmm. still here in the scripture performing the role of an advocate, the same thing that he's doing for us. He's eternally at the, the right hand of the Father advocating Amen. for us. And while in time sequence, his blood hadn't yet been shed, so there is something that comes along with that, and that being the cleansing power that allows us to um, have a continual reuniting with the heavenly community, but he's still advocating for the high priest here. He's still saying, no, Satan, get out of here. And the father is backing me up. And I command him to be handed clean garments. I command him to be cleansed. And the Lord Jesus is the one that's doing that for him. So he's always determined to be our advocate. And even as we're looking at the bronze altar, this is a means of advocating because the penalty of sin is death. Amen. Now, when the law was given, it gives us an opportunity to have a wider, more tangible perspective of the cost of sin, which you referenced in the previous podcasting. Um, but it's beyond inconvenience. It goes far beyond inconvenience. Absolutely. And the, the standing sentence of death looming over every human being because of their sin is something that God wanted them to be aware of. Like, it's not just you're going to go sit outside the camp. I mean, that's a part of it, but that's the minimal thing. It's not just that you have to stand in line. It's not just that you have to find something and experience human inconvenience, but the weight of the eternal separation, the Mm -hmm. weight of the the, the destruction that is opened or allowed to come in as a result of sin. Um, The the thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, kill, and destroy. And Jesus came to not only... um, uncover as in go no that's actually the devil doing that to you but he also came to destroy the works of the devil so in this it made them more aware that hey man this could cost me my life which had been the penalty of sin all along but because of human nature we forget 
and we don't readily or, or misunderstood we, we forget we don't misunderstand all of those things and we also don't readily attribute the grace of god to him as we should mm-hmm. so all of this makes us go okay god the complex complexity of sin the penalty of sin the cost of sin is truly more than i can bear the the bare minimum is my inconvenience um you know, my my pastor that went home to be with the lord he would say sin costs you more than you want to pay causes you mm-hmm. to lo- um stay longer than you want to stay and to go further than you want to go it, you think sin is just a little bit but no actually it's going to take you way down the line it's going to put you in bondage it's going to do all these things but at the end of that or anywhere in the process is going to be death death is is pending as a result of this and the the cost of it is eternity and hell right so yes. in this as we're looking at that what god has provided yes he provided a way but also a recognition and an understanding that this is more than i can do and again pointing us to jesus because if you notice back how the law was given there is a a different sacrifice offering for a particular sin Yes, that's to let us know that the complexity of what's required by spiritual law to make restitution is deep. It's all but inconceivable to a human being. Truly, what's called what's the cost and of sin, but also the the righteousness of God, who is the who is judge, right? Yes, as He will deal with sins, and He must be righteous. He must execute justice. And he must deal with sin. That's a part of who he is because he's God. He's holy and he's righteous. The consequences and how they each uniquely have to be dealt with and taken care of, we can't even keep that in our mind. But then he says, wait, I got a plan. I have one sacrifice that will be offered for all. I'm pointing you to him. And when he is made known in the earth when he is revealed and, and made manifest to you believe in him and his blood is the covering and not just cover like throw a rug over it but it is the removal it is the obliteration and it is the destruction of all the penalty and sacrifice of sin for you come into it participate and dean i appreciated when you said keeping an awareness of the consequence of you know, mm-hmm. what is this going to cost me? Now I got to go stand in, in line for two days and miss out on my, my meals and things and this, that, and the other and hope I don't sin in the process of being here and have to go get something else to bring an offer. Keeping that before you makes it go, okay, it's better for me not to sin. You guys hear me, my, my children hear me talk all the time. I know how much it cost me. I know mm-hmm. the delay. I know the destruction. I know the, the death to certain parts of my life that I experienced. I don't want that. But the greater side of that is I want to do the things that are pleasing to my father because that's how my savior lived when he was here in the natural earth. Now he's always doing the things that are pleasing. He's still alive today, but in his natural ministry and in his natural ministry, he did only the things that were pleasing to the father. And that allowed the Lord to operate through him without limitation. It wasn't just because Jesus was God in the flesh because he had to learn all the same things that we do. He had to learn obedience through his suffering. He had to learn um, how to listen and depend on the Holy Spirit and to rely on God mm-hmm. for all of his needs and his provision. He had to learn to enforce the blessing and to fully embrace who God said he is because didn't people challenge that? His own siblings <laughs> didn't believe he was the Messiah. 
at some point. His own siblings, the Pharisees, and how many others, how many countless others that tried to come against him, that rejected him. And clearly he felt that and he experienced it, right? That's why he said, a prophet's not without honor, right? Except in his own home town. And <laughs> Even his in own his own home. Mm-hmm. Even in his own home. Mm-hmm. Like he just ran down the whole list. He couldn't even find, with the exception of his mother. And even then, right, there was still a, a coming in line with things. You see that in places in scripture. But there was rejection even in his own home. And it's waiting, all right? It, that's in our natural state. It's waiting. But he wasn't concerned about those things. He was just concerned, as you pointed out, honey, with being pleasing to his Father mm-hmm. and submitting to his Heavenly Father's will. And that's a pattern example for all of us. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to remain there just focused on the sin and focused on the, the cost of it. If we just focus on in our desire, our choice, it's to always be pleasing to our Heavenly Father. He will bring us through. He will... He's the only one that can do it. You cannot accomplish these things in the flesh. You can only accomplish them through the Lord, the power and the leading of His Holy Spirit upon you. Him leading you and guiding you in all truth, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, everything else, and and bring you through to the end. Amen. Um, Dean, we were you referenced in the previous podcast about when you're on the altar and the Lord is working and he is delivering you and then you get down and how the, the skin starts to come back. Well, what actually comes back with it is scar tissue, mm-hmm. which, you know, would, which is now it's more tough. Exactly. It's now harder it's to harder get to get through. It's, it's harder to penetrate. It's harder to make adjustments to it or corrections to it because now there's a scar in place. Think about all the, the, the boo-boos you guys have. It's also like. calloused as well, too. Exactly. That's right. It's harder for us to release it now again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because our hearts become hardened. Absolutely. And when we, we think about how do we go about this and begin to not washing in and out of the Lord and Lord, I'm always repenting for the same sins over and over. And we're always dealing with the same things and never coming to a maturity or an arrival at a, a higher level of growth in him and not struggling with the same sin. And I will, um, give, give the same counsel and the same direction that our Lord and savior had. He said, the two most important commandments are what? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the other is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. When we look at that commandment and we we skip forward in the New Testament, it tells us that love does not violate, right? It does no harm to a neighbor. Yes. So in that, and Jesus said it fulfills all the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. It fulfills all this that we're talking about, this this bronze altar, and it's the task that it was to provide of burning up the sin. But when you focus your heart and your mind to do the things that are pleasing to the Lord, which he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. He just asked us to love him, put our focus on him and set our desire to do what he asked us to do and to finish the race. First uh, John describes it as this. You shall believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and love the brethren as he gave you commandment. Don't treat someone the way that you don't want to be treated. 
Not that you've tolerated it and dealt. No, no, no. But in your heart, what you desire, walk in that. Don't treat other people the way you don't want to be treated. And don't treat God the way you don't want to be treated. When you speak to someone, especially your children, do you want them to obey you? Yes. Absolutely. Then when your creator speaks to you, obey him from a willing heart. Do you want your children to grumble and complain? No. No. Oh, you guys know better. (laughs) You don't. And you are heart um, broken and offended when they do. Don't treat him that way. And it's really simple. That first Corinthians chapter 13, it is absolutely possible for us to love God in that way, mm-hmm. to have that kind of love towards him and to love him unconditionally, just like he loves us. So setting our focus on that and perfecting the love of God walk, not the human love walk, because it has limitations, but the love of God is unconditional and it's enduring. And then move forward in that. And you'll see that you have less need to be burned up on the altar because you'll, you'll start correcting those things. And out of a willing heart, the Lord will cultivate that in you, the, the desire to do his will. Mm. And yeah, I love how you brought that up, honey. And with what you brought up, you mentioned the going in and coming out. Mm-hmm. If you notice in scripture, there are certain people, Joshua being one of them, right? that never left the tent of meeting. They remained in the presence of the Lord. It's really difficult to sin against the Lord when you're just in his presence always, when he is eternally before you, or you have no desire because your focus is always on him, right? So it's twofold. Yes, I'm sure Joshua actually never left the physical tent of meeting, but it also speaks to a something deeper, right? Joshua is also learning about the Lord, his thoughts, his ways, or his ways and his thoughts, not just the actions, but the deeper things, the Lord's nature, his character, his attributes, so he could apply them in his life. And he also demonstrated his faithfulness, all right? Yes. We don't have to come in and out of the presence of the Lord all the time. We should just remain eternally before him, where he's our focus. Yes, there are things to do, but we're doing them for what? For ourselves or for the kingdom? Jesus did what he did for himself or for the kingdom? For For the kingdom. Okay, the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Shouldn't we be operating in the same way because he is our pattern example? Yes. yes. Only want to do what was pleasing to the Father. And the Father and ensuring that the Father was pleased with him was always at the forefront of his mind. That's why he was always in alignment. We too can operate in that way if we choose to. Mm-hmm. And if we choose to live like Christ did. And I know that's weighty. So we're going to pause there for today and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and, and all those things, right? Let you search it out in Scripture. Um, so with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your kindness today, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you continue to bless us, Lord, and to love us, Lord. 
And Lord, we also just thank you for the blessings that we don't always appreciate, Lord, that we think are necessities and we just take for granted, Lord. We just thank you for each and every one of those things, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.